The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in the countries of Mexico, France, and England, and the states of Florida, Nevada, and Virginia. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. I love hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still, small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, peace, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. Be positive. The person we judge the most is ourselves. Listen for the ways in which you criticize yourself and others. When you think or hear a negative thought, turn it into a positive. For instance, replace I'm stupid with I know a lot of things. We not only judge ourselves, we also judge what we do, how well we're doing it, how long it's taking. We are in a constant mode of feeling we're not doing enough. We're not good enough. 
All of this negativity saps the joy out of the moment, slows us down, and makes us even less productive. These negative thoughts are often conscious and sometimes even hidden in our unconscious, and they are all based in fear. In a previous seminar, The Am Awakening, Embodying the Divine Feminine, I help people fill with love by opening the 13 chakras in their back. In our January 7th show this year, Psychic Dwan Washington told us how critical it is that we bring this new energy of love from the divine feminine into the world. Since fear and love cannot exist in the same space, this process helps to push out fear and replace it with love. As we fill with love, we automatically spread it everywhere we go, and we are less critical. This love helps us heal physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and helps us to balance the yin and the yang, the masculine and feminine energy within us and within the world. The masculine energy has dominated the world for several centuries. For love and peace to prevail, we must balance the energy with the divine feminine aspect of love. The labyrinth is also a powerful tool for healing and letting go of fear and negative thinking. My next event, Walk the Labyrinth, a sacred experience, will help you continue this process. The labyrinth is a walking meditation, a path of prayer, and an archetypal blueprint where psyche meets spirit. It dates back to Crete where it was found drawn on cave walls. There was even one on the floor of King Solomon's temple. Unlike a maze where you lose your way, the labyrinth is a spiritual tool that helps you find your way. The sacred geometry built into the labyrinth does the work for you. As you walk it, it helps you release what no longer serves you well, connect with the divine, and change with more ease. In our time together, you will learn about the labyrinth, walk it, and integrate what you gained Release fear, stress, and worry. Quiet your busy mind. Hear the divine and your limitless higher self. Find your own answers. Open your heart to receiving. Improve your health and well-being. Create more peace, joy, and happiness. And become more of who you truly are. We will walk the labyrinth Saturday, November 12th at 3 p.m. at the Episcopal Church of the Transfiguration in Dallas, Texas. This was the first labyrinth built in the United States and the one I walked every week for many years. You can learn more about the labyrinth by listening to our second on-demand show with the Reverend Dr. Lauren Artos, who brought the labyrinth into wide use around the world. I participated in two labyrinth retreats with her, including one in France at Chartres Cathedral And I am excited to share this beautiful spiritual tool with you. I was grateful to have her on our March 27th show in 2014. Go to my website, paulajoyce.com, to listen to that show, read my blog on the labyrinth, and then register for the workshop. You'll be grateful you did. 
If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this event, The I'm Awakening, Embodying the Divine Feminine, or another seminar in your area. And looking ahead, my last seminar was so well received that the participants asked me to do a full-day seminar on financial abundance, what you don't know. And in 2017, I will continue to do my monthly seminars at CSL Dallas, a center for spiritual living, choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Tom Sterner, who will talk with us about loving the process. Last week, Tamarack Song joined us for the second time on our first show together, on July 21st, we focused on Tamarack's relationship to animals. I invited him to join me again so we could explore more about our relationship to all of nature. This led to a fascinating discussion that ranged from cleaning up the environment by reclaiming prairies to the beauty of wildflowers to whether the life and of an animal has a higher value than the life of a plant. Is someone who refuses to eat meat morally superior to someone who does eat meat? One listener wrote, thank you so much for addressing this topic. I rarely eat meat, but when I do, I feel very guilty. You help me let go of the guilt. I love your work and appreciate you. As Tamarack said, the key to taking the life of a plant or an animal to feed ourselves is doing it in a way that shows respect and honor for the life that is being given. We tend to think that because an animal is more like us, it has more value than a plant. In a way, this notion is dishonoring plants because we can't see ears or hear their voices. But in fact, plants feel our love and respond by flowering and growing between better when we talk to them. After the show, one friend told me that he named his plant and talks to him on a regular basis. And why not? Maybe plants communicate telepathically and are actually a highly advanced form of life. I had one African violet that lived for over 20 years and would bloom for months at a time. 
I mentioned this at a talk and one woman doubted that it really was an African violet. When she was in my office for a private session, she saw the plant and was stunned that it was an African violet and in full bloom. This show looks at nature from a unique perspective and addresses questions like, is an aversion to eating meat caused by a fear of death or a desire to remain protected from the cycle of life, which includes death? To listen to this show, I encourage you to click on the episode link. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. I often get lovely notes from my guests, like the one I read last week from Tamarack Song, and this one from my guests of the previous week, Bob Hieronymus and Laura Cortner. We thoroughly enjoy being guests on your show, Dr. Paula. You have an enormous heart energy. I always appreciate these kind messages from my amazing guests. Now it's time for my silver lining stories. I recently visited some friends for the weekend and was surprised to hear the hostess say, there must be a silver lining here. She wasn't able to find it in the moment, but the next day she did something that was totally out of character. I joined her as she was trying to be okay with her new behavior, and I merely said, that's your silver lining. Let me back up for a moment and fill you in with the details. My friend was calling people to the table to eat, but her family was not responding. The time of serving was this particular dish was important for the best flavor. She had spent a long time preparing it and was very frustrated that her family was ignoring her. Nothing she said or did seemed to get them to stop their individual activities and join her at the dinner table. The next day, the same thing seemed to be repeating itself at dinner. This time, she just focused on her children. She gathered them together quietly and went to the dinner table and sat down with them. Like magic, all of the other people, including her husband, noticed the dinner was being served and went to the table. Later, she said to me, I just wasn't willing to be as frustrated as I was yesterday. And that's when I said, that's your silver lining. You took care of yourself, figured out what you needed, and made sure you got it. A silver lining is not about everything being perfect or happening exactly the way you wish it would. It's taking the reality of the situation and turning it into something good for yourself, either either by the way you think about it afterwards or by changing your behavior in similar situations in the future. One way that we can learn and grow is by looking at what happened and figuring out how to do it better next time. It's always searching for the positive even in an emotionally trying situation another example of how silver linings work was when my son's dog was dying maverick became a member of their household before they had children 
He was a beautiful golden retriever with a loving and energetic nature. When the children came along, he was gentle and patient with them. Because we live in different cities, I didn't think I'd get the opportunity to see him one last time. As it turned out, he lived longer than was expected. So I did get that last visit at a family gathering. We spent a great weekend together with everyone saying their goodbyes in their own way. Three days later, he passed away. We all agreed that he had made the special effort to stick around so he could have one last adventure and say goodbye to everyone. We were all sad at his passing and very appreciative of the silver lining of having had one last weekend with him to share our love. Our guest today, Thomas Sterner, is the author author of Fully Engaged and the bestseller, The Practicing Mind. He is the founder and CEO of the Practicing Mind Institute and an expert in present moment functioning. He works with high performance industry groups and individuals, helping them to operate effectively in high stress situations so they break through to new levels of mastery. Top media outlets such as NPR, Fox News, and Forbes have sought his advice. He speaks around the world on developing focus and discipline. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. In addition to posting all of our shows, I post special uplifting messages to you and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all of the kindness in the world fill your heart with the beauty of nature and animals, the delight of dance and music and the joy of being alive with all of the hurtful words, anger and fear that's being spread, we must find a way to keep ourselves positive, only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. While listening to the commercials, use the link on this page to like us on Facebook. Then friend Paula Joyce, and I will help you be part of the solution. Then click on the link to read about and register for Walk the Labyrinth, a sacred experience, or to schedule one in your area. And go to Calendar of Events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Tom Sterner, who will talk with us about loving the process. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, 
and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call one 472 5795 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down the silver lining that you found in a difficult situation. I'm so pleased to welcome Tom Sterner, who will talk with us about loving the process. Welcome, Tom. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, the pleasure's mine. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I was wondering if you'd begin by telling us how it became important to you to make your life's work focusing on process and letting go of judgment. Well, when I was a younger man, I had uh, many, many goals that I set for myself um, going back into my teenage years. And I wasn't, I was great at coming up with the goals, but not very good at reaching them. And I guess I was fortunate enough that I had um, an orientation internally towards the observer, not so much the ego. And I noticed this behavior was repeating over and over again at a very young age. And I realized that, you know, if I couldn't complete a goal that was important to me, then I had no real self-power. So I had to overcome that. And at the time, I would say maybe a senior in high school, I had no idea how that was going to happen. I just knew it was something that I had to address in my life. And when I got into college, uh, a very close friend of mine was taking a philosophies course, and he gave me his book, which was Religions of the World. And I it was the first time I had really been exposed to Eastern thought. And I 
began reading that, and I became very interested and fascinated by the whole Zen mind and being in the process uh, concepts. And then as I got a little older, I uh, became fascinated by sports psychology and peak performance stuff. And I realized through years and years of studying the, both of those subjects that they were both saying they're two sides of the same coin. They were both saying the same thing, that when we're in the present moment, we're functioning at our highest level and we we accomplish more with less effort and are uh, in less time. And our experience of accomplishing is one of contentment and joy, not so much um, attachment to the moment we reach the goals. We become immersed in the process of reaching the goals because if you think about it, we spend 99% of our time in the process of accomplishing our goals. The actual realization of the goal is very short. So I began to apply that in my life uh, probably around 20 years old, and it completely turned around what I was able to accomplish and also my experience of everything that I was accomplishing. And I just, by the time I hit 30, I felt like I really needed to share this with everyone else, and so I began writing about it, and um, I originally wrote The Practicing Mind, which had a reach that uh, I had no, I couldn't have imagined the success of the book. I mean, it really became something that a lot of people attached themselves to, and then there was a lot of asking, you know, could you talk about this more, which is where Fully Engaged came from. Fascinating. I I love what you're saying, and it's so hard for those of us in the Western world who aren't familiar with these concepts to stay focused in the moment because we're always oriented toward that product and is it good enough and are we good enough? And as you were talking, what occurred to me is that When I used to finish a project before I really got into process versus only product, I would always feel this tremendous letdown when it was over because accomplishing the goal didn't seem to be all that I thought it would be. And I'm wondering if some of that letdown is um, ameliorated when one focuses on process rather than on just this huge effort for one moment in time? Well, you know, when we make a goal of anything, whether it's a, it's a goal to change something in ourselves, like a behavior, uh, a mental behavior, or if it's changing the way you take your golf swing back, you know, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's physical or mental. When we make a goal and then we attach ourselves to the moment that we're going to realize this goal or that we feel like the goal will be realized, we immediately put ourselves at war with the process of accomplishing it because what we're saying to ourselves is that I'm here and the point of contentment is out there. And so now I have to go through this time before I, I um, get to that point. And I think that that's when... When we do that and we enter the process with that mindset, we're always feeling a sense of struggle and impatience. And then when we get to the point where the goal is realized, we feel like, is this all there is? Because I was anticipating this being some big experience when I actually accomplished this. To the contrary, um, the flip side of that, I should say, is you know when you become immersed in the, in the process and you realize that in every moment you're achieving the goal, 
simply by applying yourself to the process, your experience of the goal um, becomes integrated in the process. That all becomes one thing. And the... um, the elation is much it, – it's the whole duration of, the, of the, um, the process instead of just this brief moment in time. And I know exactly what you're talking about with feeling like a letdown. But, again, that to me comes from this, this total attachment of, uh, to this end point in time when we reach that and looking at the process as something that uh, we have to go through in order to get to that. Right, so we're we're never really having fun, never really enjoying ourselves and appreciating what we are doing, what we're learning, what we are, how we are growing and changing and creating something in every moment. That's right, and I think we have to realize and be aware of the fact that this this mindset that we're talking about here of being attached to this moment with a goal is nurtured in us through the marketing media because, you know, the marketing media wants you to feel like I can't be happy unless I have this car now. I can't be happy in the process of working to earn the money to get the car. I have to be, I have to have the car. And if you look at the way that, um, that we are marketed to and we are connected to the marketing media all the time these days with through our smartphones and our tablets and our computers and our television it's 24/7 they are connected to us and we're constantly being fed this feeling of you are incomplete and you can't be happy until this thing happens over here and you don't have it and if you look at the the way that it is portrayed it's always the end of the cycle, meaning the people are driving the $50,000 car. The people, are, they always have the thing. It's the end of the workday, and they're going out for fun. The process of going through life and dealing with all the, that is involved in accomplishing these things is always taken out of the picture. So what we are fed are these images of people having these moments, and they already have them, and then we feel like, uh, and it's designed to make us feel like life is passing us by if we aren't there living in that moment. And that really isn't what life is about. Uh, fascinating. I love what you're saying. And and I'm wondering, is there also some way, in even before, you know, when we're very little, are we programmed in some way to resist being in the present moment somehow are we open to being susceptible to this brainwashing through something that happens even before we have access to media yes i think if you watch newborns they are in the present moment because it's all they know i mean they're you know they sit in the uh, or lie in the crib and babble and play with you know uh, bounce things that are hanging over the crib. I mean, they're completely absorbed in the present. But as they begin to integrate, um, as their intelligence evolves and they're able to process more, they they simply are, the, the, the whole cycle starts. I mean, if you just look at something like school, I mean, when you get into school, what matters is it's your grade. It's not the process of being educated. You know, I was was um, invited by a university president to talk to a number of uh, organizations on campus, and one of them was, a, um, it was called DREAM, it was an acronym, and I can't remember what it stood for, but what he asked me to do was, he said, look, um, you know, what can you do, uh, how can you help these kids? And I said, well, I think what we need to work on is helping them to understand that 
the, right now they're very connected to the moment that they walk across the stage and get their diploma. And so everything that they're living through right now is not really, it's just something they have to go through instead of enjoying the process of being educated. And uh, it's the same thing. I think that with what happens is because the whole society functions in this paradigm of you can't be happy right now. It's something that's always, happiness is always someplace else. It's in some time different, that's different from where you are. It's in some places different. It's when you acquire this, when you achieve this. It's always this feeling of incomplete. And I think as children, we're not necessarily, we're not born with that, but we learn it from observing everybody around us because everybody around us is functioning in that in that place. They see their parents always looking for more. They see, the, you know, the... Um, they sit in front of a television and there's constant um, um, video that's showing them, you want this toy, you don't have this toy, these kids have this toy on television, you don't have that toy. I mean, it's just that whole feeling is constantly nurtured and it starts at a very young age. I mean, the marketing people, as soon as they have access to it, as soon as they feel like the kids can absorb the information and process it, that you look at the commercials, when do they start? It's, it's everywhere and I think that it's, it's a paradigm shift that needs to happen in the culture is to realize that this is, um, it never brings any lasting contentment. It only brings uh, another, you know, what is it? There's an, an old saying that it's, it's Eastern. I think it's um, attachment to this or that is just another form of misery. And, and that's the truth. So I think that we need to learn, from, be taught from the time we're young, that this is not where happiness is. This is not where happiness comes from. And as we get older, we can certainly look back on our life and see all the cycles that we have participated in of, I need to get this, I need to accomplish this, and then I'm going to, this feeling that I have inside, this feeling of incompleteness is going to go away. If I can just get to here, if I can just have that. And how many times have we lived that cycle? How many times have we convinced ourselves of that only to find out that it isn't true? And so our answer to that is always to immediately replace whatever we just accomplished with the next thing that we're going to accomplish. And I think if we can learn to step back from that and see this doesn't work and we need a new model. Yes, and I think that model is that happiness is an inside job. It's not about the things or the accomplishments. It's about how we feel inside and how we process things. And all the studies on happiness show that above the poverty line, I mean, as long as you have a roof over your head, shelter, food, clothing, that money does not create more happiness. You have just as much, uh, 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 just as good a chance of being happy as somebody living on meager uh, income as somebody who's a billionaire. Well, that's true, and I think that what happens is if you look at some of the most wealthy, wealthiest people in the world, they become addicted to getting more. I mean, there, is, there isn't enough money in the world to stop that feeling with them. They just become addicted to getting more, and if they're not getting more, then they feel like they're going backwards. But I also think it's important to understand that, in my opinion, this feeling of incompleteness is not a bad thing. I think we're supposed to feel it. I think the problem is that we misinterpret it. And what I mean by that is this feeling of incompleteness is 
part of our DNA that drives us to want to become more, to, to want to expand, to, you know, to want to grow um, in all, on all levels, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's, it's there to make us want that. That's the reason why we feel there is more out there. I can be more. I can become more. But we misinterpret that of I don't have enough. I have to get more. And that's where we go askew with that. If we didn't have that feeling, we'd still be living in caves because we would be sitting around saying, well, this is good enough. Uh, you know, I think that if you look at all the wonderful art and music that has come along, it has come along with, from this feeling of wanting to create more, wanting to evolve more in the art, you know, wanting, wanting to accomplish more. So it's not a bad thing. I think it's that we just misinterpret the purpose of it. Yes, and finding the balance. It took me a long time to figure out how to be happy in the moment with what I have and still set goals and want more. It's a very, um, it's a difficult line to walk and a difficult balance to achieve. Uh, Yeah, I think it is. I think, you know, it's made more difficult. by the fact that, as I said, as time has gone has gone on, we have the the marketing media has twenty four hour access to us, so that they they can program that to us the the program the feeling of you know I can't be happy with where I am. I mean, if you just look like a hundred years ago, you know where there were people didn't have tele a lot of people didn't have telephones in the houses and all that kind of stuff. There wasn't television. There wasn't all you had was what was immediately around you in in the in your environment. So you didn't have all this exposure to what some people had and you didn't and all those types of things. And so, you know, it wasn't so rampant. The feeling wasn't so rampant. And I feel like it's what drives commerce. And the the trouble with it is, is that everybody participates in it, meaning that the people that are trying to market to us aren't any different than us. They're us. It's just that they can't buy the stuff they feel like they need unless we buy the stuff they're selling so they can have the money to go buy the stuff they feel like they need. I mean, it's just this loop that just keeps going on and on and on. And when we can step back from that and say, you know, let's just stop, just stop. This is not working. It's never worked. This isn't who we are. It isn't what happiness is about. And start, you know, bringing ourselves into how do I be, how can I be happy in each moment of the day, wherever I am, and that is by functioning and being completely in the present. If you, if your goal is to function in the present, then every moment that you're in the present, you're reaching your goal, and then you feel this contentment. Plus, when you function completely in the present moment, your thinking slows down. You know, your, your thoughts thin out, and you don't have, you know, every thought has an emotion attached to it. So the less thought you have, the less background tasking is going on in your brain, the less experience you are having of all these emotions that you experience as your mind runs all over the place when it's very active. So, uh, you know, being in the present moment is a way of pulling ourselves in and being in the process, is an, it's an, they're all, they all work together in thinning our thoughts out and making our experience and our interpretation of what we're experiencing a much happier place to spend our day. And we're going to go to break in a minute. I just want to add that when my mother passed away and I was looking through her things and I found a sheet of paper that where she had written, the present is the gift. And 
somehow she found that and was working with that. And to me, that was a, a, a beautiful legacy, a message from the grave, so to speak, that she passed down to me that I hadn't gotten during her life, but it truly was a gift and helped me, too, to begin to think more about how can one live in the present and real, really feel the gift of that. And so when we come back from break, I'd like to explore more about um, thought awareness training and how we can break out of this cycle that you're talking about. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels, and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. Continues to be a gift that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with all of their energy going in one direction with ease and speed. Now in your paper, write down one new thing that you will do to start loving the process. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Tom Sterner to explore loving the process more. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. 
Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I hope you wrote down one new thing you'll do to start loving the process. I'm so glad we're here with Tom Sterner to explore more about being fully engaged and loving the process. Tom, talk to us more about how we get out of this cycle. Well, the key to getting out of this cycle is being separated from when you're in the cycle. In other words, uh, you can't change a behavior if you're not aware when you're participating in the behavior. And the only way that I have ever seen to do that is to practice uh, thought, what I'll call thought awareness training. I use that terminology because um, you could you could call it meditation, but meditation is, you know, it has a lot of connotations to, to people. And I look at the, the, um, the mechanics of meditation as a skill, and it's a tool. So you could liken it to learning how to read. You know, when you learn how to read, when you're finished learning how to read, now you have a tool. You can choose to use that tool. You could use it to read a religious text, or you could use it to read uh, a self-improvement book, you know, or a cookbook, you know, or a, a book on how to build your business. It's a tool that allow that gives you control over certain aspects of yourself. And to me, thought awareness training is the same thing. That's the reason why I tend not to use the term meditation because many people tend to uh, equate that necessarily with uh, a religious experience or seeking a religious experience or relaxing, you know, as uh, de-stressing. And it will do all those things, but it can be channeled to do specific things. And, uh, you know, most of us spend our day in our thoughts. And one of the things that we have to learn is that we are not our thoughts. We are the one who experiences the thoughts, the thoughts that the mind produces, and that our mind will produce thoughts with or without our uh, permission. And it doesn't like to be still. It likes to think. It's a problem-solving machine, and that's what it's very good at. And if we don't give it a problem to solve, it will go looking for a problem to solve. (laughs) In fact, it would rather do that. So, um, and we generally, you know, a thought is a vehicle for stress. If you ask somebody, if you didn't think, could you feel stress? Well, no, because the the vehicle for the emotion comes from the thought. You have a thought and then there's a reaction. You make a judgment on that thought, the content of that thought, and then you experience the emotion of that judgment. So, if you were to be able to stop thinking, theoretically, um, on demand, you could completely stop a situation, say, where you were worrying. You could, because worrying is the result of thinking. And so if you, if you could stop your thinking, you could stop worrying. So to even approach that and to gain this, this skill, we have to practice thought awareness. So there's really two that are uh, generally the standards, and that would be either a breath-based session or a mantra-based session. Now, in, in a breath-based, you sit, you sit in a chair. I generally discourage lying down because it's too easy to become drowsy as you become relaxed. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you, you sit in a chair, you close your eyes, you just really don't want any outward distractions because you're turning your attention inward. And if your eyes are open, then you're going to see things in the room which are going to create thinking. And we want to eliminate as many stimulus as we can. So you sit in the chair, you're relaxed, uh, you close your eyes, and then you just watch your body breathe. 
the temptation, because we like to be in control, is to start trying to control the breath. It's, it's interesting, when we're not paying attention to it, we know our body's going to breathe without our help. But when we start to pay attention, then we start trying to control it. And you want to resist that and just watch your body breathe. And that's the, those are the mechanics for that. If you want to use a mantra-based, I you know tell people, I'd like to see two or three words, maybe four, but not more than that. You don't want a sentence. You just want a simple phrase that you can repeat. And it really doesn't matter what the phrase is. It can be, I am still, um, I love my daughter. It, it doesn't really matter. It's just to give your mind a very single thought to focus on so it doesn't act like the toddler in the toy store and want to run all over the place. It's You just want to give it one thing to focus on. And that also allows you to pay it to notice when it's not doing that. And that's exactly what happens. You know, you sit and you start to practice this. And we're only talking about 10, maybe 15 minutes a day. And when you begin this, what will happen is you will experience that your mind will go running off and start visiting other things, solving problems, or are you thinking of what you need at the grocery store, or what needs to be done at work, or what you shouldn't have said yesterday. All these different things, it will always look for a way to pull itself out of the present moment. And you will go with it, and you won't notice that you're going with it. You'll just be with it and in your thoughts. And then you will wake up. You have a second where you wake up, and you realize, I'm not paying attention to my breath anymore. I'm, I'm having this experience of being at the store or having a conversation with somebody. And when that happens, that's where the juice is. When you wake up there, then you just pull your mind back to the task with your will. And two things are happening there. Your awareness of what your mind is doing without your permission is growing, and your ability to control what your mind is doing is growing. And that's the whole thing right there in a nutshell. It's just that that is the practice. There's never a time when you can completely silence your mind. You may have times in that process where your mind will become very quiet, uh, but the, where I feel like where people fail in this is they begin to judge their ability to practice this based on how quiet they can get their mind. And that's not what we're after here. We're after the awareness of what your mind is doing and bringing it back. Those are the two things that we're trying to accomplish here. And we need to understand that some days your, your life is, you have a lot of things going on in your life and you can have uh, this a very active hyperactive mind. It depends on what's happening in your life. And we've got all this media stuff that's going into our lives and it's, it's creating thoughts, all those types of things. There'll be some days when you'll just chase your mind all the time during this 10 to 15 minutes. There'll be other times when you're very relaxed and it will seem fairly easy, you know, to keep, keep on task. It's all normal. It's just all part of the process. There's no such thing as a bad meditation or a bad thought awareness training. That's just the, the process it is. And it's also important to understand it's like exercising. It's just part of healthy lifestyle. You never get to a point with exercising where you go, you know what? I have mastered exercising. I no longer need to do it for the rest of my life. That's not what exercise is. It's what the body needs. And this is what we need in order to be able to separate ourselves from our thoughts. And I'm always amused with people when I talk to them and they say, I tried to do that, but I'm not very good at it because I'm just chasing my mind all the time. And my response to that is always the same. You couldn't be chasing your mind if you weren't noticing what your mind is doing. So that's really a sign that you're doing very well at it. And then how this will translate into your life and everyday living is that you will start to be separate 
from the conversations that your mind is trying to create. So instead of having an experience of worrying, you will notice that your mind is going in the direction of worrying thoughts. It will. It, it almost feels like as it progresses, it's very subtle, but it will happen. You can't stop it from happening. It's just a natural byproduct of the process. It will be like you're watching two people talk, have a discussion about something they're disagreeing about, or if you're talking to someone who is worrying about something, you're not worrying. You're just listening to them tell you how they're worrying, and that's really a very good analogy of how it feels. You will notice the worrying thoughts, but you won't be worrying, and that's the value of it, and it gives you this power to make a choice. If you know what your mind is doing, now you have the privilege of making a choice of, is this going to serve my happiness? Is this going to serve the situation? Is this going to serve my productivity? If it's not, then I'm not going to allow this thought process to continue. I'm going to pull it back onto the task that I wanted to do. It's an amazing, amazing uh, thing, the skill to learn. It's totally free. It doesn't take any effort, and it really doesn't take very much time out of your day. I love the way you describe it because so many people give up on um, what they call meditation because they're sure they're doing it wrong or they feel like they failed. I have one friend who's been meditating for many years and she still feels inadequate because her mind wanders. So she feels she's she uses it to beat up on herself. Whereas what you're talking about is different. You're talking about using it to enrich your life, to become aware of where you're getting pulled away into a dark hole and then pull yourself back out. That's right. The mind wandering is the normal action of the mind. That's what it does. You're not going to stop that. And you just accept uh, the fact that what you're doing is using that. You're actually using the mind's wandering to build your awareness and to build your strength and turn, you're training the mind to obey you. And it's um, every time you pull it back, it's like a repetition at the gym. You get a little bit stronger. And as I said, it's a very subtle thing. You, you begin to realize that you're ahead of what's going on in your life. You're ahead of your emotional responses because you're not in them. And you begin to have these choices, and you, it's, it's really a fascinating experience when you begin to notice it. And the reason you can notice it is because you're not in your thoughts. You're not participating in the thoughts. You're watching your thoughts. So it's, um, like I said, it's, you cannot accomplish anything, in my mind, if you don't practice thought awareness. Because everything we've talked about here today comes from the ability to separate yourself from what your mind is thinking and what your mind and the emotional content of all those thoughts. You have to be able to do that. I, I love what you're saying so that, and, and we're at the, almost at the close of, of this section of the show, but the fact that you do not have to be a victim of your thoughts, that you can take charge, be in control, be aware of them, and then change how you interact with those mm. thoughts, that you become the true master of your life. I, I love what you've shared with us, and I appreciate so much, Tom, that you were on our show and helping us to understand how to live healthier, happier lives. Thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure. 
Thank you. And you can visit Tom at practicingmind.com and you can purchase his book, Fully Engaged, at my store. Thank you for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook and click on the store to purchase my books and also our guest's fully engaged book. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, hands-on healing, remote healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as overcoming abuse through self-empowerment, 21 steps for healing the body, energy healing, and creative problem solving. If you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. The archangels, angels, and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. My private and corporate clients improve their finances, health, and relationships. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. Then click on the link to register for Walk the Labyrinth, a sacred experience, and go to the calendar of events. Press click here to contact me. If you live in Dallas, I invite you to experience my ultimate creative problem-solving process. Just click on the meetup link on this page. Please join us next Thursday when Reverend Karen Fry will talk with us about how powerful your thoughts really are and a continuation of our discussion today. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. Oh, 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 o